0: Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Hello everyone, from the ocean and the sea. Ahoy, matey. Ahoy, mateys. <laughs> Ooh. Today we watched episode 6 of... Hang on, that's what we, not what we do. <laughs> it's been a little over a week since we last recorded and I've forgotten everything. Have you forgotten how we do things? My name's Liam S. Smith. I'm one of your co-hosts. Well, I'm also Liam S. Damn it! <laughs> that's all I got. Here's Nick Ballantyne, the other one of your co-hosts. Sure, I'll be that guy. <laughs> Today we watched episode 6 of part 3 of Juno's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders, entitled Dark Blue Moon. Ooh. This covers chapters 127 through 130 of the manga. Just like every other time. Basically. <laughs> Freaky moons, man. Except there weren't that many moons. No, mostly in the daytime. Yeah, pretty much exclusively while the sun is out. <laughs> well, I, I noticed as... That the episode was ending as the sun went down, so that's something. True, it is, is that darker. symbolism. Ah, uh, it's ominous. Well, There was no uh, katakana saying it was ominous, no. so I don't know how to feel. Yeah, yeah. I really just wish that there would constantly be text poppers on the screen telling me what to think of things. <laughs> it's like you're watching Phantom of the Opera, and then midway through, just text. Like someone brings out a text in this musical, oh, like a, just like a cue card. Yeah, and it's just like laughter. He's the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> This is symbolic of obsession. <laughs> <laughs> so we open with a pretty basic recap. You know, Holly's in trouble. They got to go to Egypt. Polnareff is there. Oh my God, Polnareff is there. He's coming too. He's got a yeah. dead sister. Oh yeah, and that's it. That's. Do all we want for- to talk about the weird apparent timeline thing we noticed between this episode and the last oh, one? Oh yeah, yeah, it's weird. So we we both are ninety percent sure that Polnareff said he'd been training with his stand for ten years. Yeah, but then as he's going. Into his flashback to talk about his murdered sister. Hmm. He says, it was three years ago now. Which is really weird because if he's been training with his stand for 10 years, but his sister died three years ago. What's he been so obsessively training about? Yeah. Like, has he just been- I mean, if I just had a cool stand, I would probably do some training with it, but I don't know if I would do it so obsessively. But he's really good with stabbing, you Hmm. know? He's like an armored, stabbing, knight fencer guy. Don't forget, part robot. (laughs) And part robot. Who has an entire strategy dedicated to, like, shedding your armour in the heat of battle. He sure like, does. Like, what What were you training- Like, a fencing contest between your best friend who is also a stand user? That'd be pretty cool. It's like the chariot and the knight. Yeah. Anyway, so the OP happens. Da, 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 Any observances? That six star is the bane of my mm. existence. We were just watching- Basically the whole episode And Nick was like Could that person be the sixth star? Who could yeah. it be? Every time it was uh, What's her face though But we'll get to her But di- Who is it gonna be? I don't get it Maybe it was the imposter captain Oh no <laughs> Cause Okay I don't think it's Dio Because Dio gets his own screen time yeah. In the intro I don't think it's gonna be the girl from this episode But then who is it? Who is Oh, a I, new character, perhaps? Don't be ridiculous. We can't have another character. <laughs> it's madness. The only other thing I want to point out about the OP in this episode mm-hmm. is that there's that one bit where it's sort of panning leftwards, and we see like Joseph shoot some vines, then Avdol's there, and magicians rent this thing, and they all they, you know they all do a thing bit by bit. In the background, there are various things they're panning by, and the first one you see is the freight ship that we see at the very end of this episode. Oh. Ah, well, well, well. Yeah, There you go. I didn't so, notice that. Can't really say anything else about that other than we'll get to it next week. I just noticed <laughs> that they were walking through a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So, yep. What's the sixth star? <laughs> what does it mean? It's like how uh, there was another Digi-Destined. Digi destined In Digimon. Wait, what was Digi-Destined? The kids. The protagonists. Oh, because right. like Destiny and also digital. Oh, right. So it's like a digital monster Destiny show. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then I had to go back to the real world and find the main, or the lead guy's sister, and she's like, "Hey, you're a kid, but you're also Digimon, <laughs> digital monsters." It's like, "Hey, it's been thirty years. You've had a chat." Oh, did you know no. that um, that Digimon are the champions? Uh, I only know that they're digital monsters. Okay, that's as far as I go. Uh, were you aware that they could uh, change into digital champions to save the digital world? Digital champions. Yeah. Oh my! All I remember is okay. All I remember about that entire I'm just show was think so. <laughs> it's like they go into Digimon World. Yep. They go out of Digimon World. Yep. To solve what's happening in Digimon World and outside of Digimon World, everything is connected. But then in further series, they never go out. Again, they just sort of stay in there because they're all like, now we're hybrids of Digimon. Well, I remember in the... This is boring. um, (laughs) I remember, because that show sort of rebooted itself a lot. Like, the first two seasons took place in the same continuity. Then, I think up until recently, none of the other ones. Yeah, they just sort of like have little cameos at best. Uh, And I remember the second season, which is like the next generation, Hmm. the, the new kids would always be at school or whatever and they'd they'd realise oh no something's going wrong in the Digimon gotta find a computer and then like fly through the screen Jack in and actually I really liked they would have like fun transformation sequences as they were jacking in where like they would be there and then their clothes would be replaced by like their cool hero clothes like their stands basically no just clothes okay alright yep (laughs) okay let's get into Dragon's Bizarre Adventure (laughs) Digimon shut up so there's, oh, I do, I do want to say, just for the advocation of the listener, if there's anything weird with this week's audio, we have just got a new microphone and we're trying that out. Ooh. So ideally it will sound better, but if oh. it sounds worse, then you know why. Are we allowed to say what the mic is? It's a Blue Yeti. A Blue Yeti. Upgraded from a Blue Snowball. Mm, moderately better. Oh my god, they're related because the, the Yeti through the Snowball. I was considering getting a Nessie, but apparently they're not spectacular. the hell is a Nessie? It's another Blue Mic. Oh, okay. I prefer Snowball and Yeti because snow. But also like cryptids. Yes. <laughs> yeti and messy. But are they real? Well we better dredge the lake to find out. Find out if there's a yeti down there. Take all the water out. No, there was a block messy yeti. Yeah. So anyway, Jojo. Yeah, um <laughs> not the much. not much this episode. No, a bit of a bit of a sort of pretty dry, standard It's a dry ep. pretty standard enemy of the week. Yeah. Fair. But but dry. I get it. Yeah, okay. yeah but it, it's an <laughs> because ocean. Because of the ocean. Yeah, which is wet, the opposite of dry. Oh, I get it. <laughs> There's an opening exposition thing about how the speedwagon doctors are working on Holly, but they can't help her. And they have, like, the best medical tech. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guys are going from Hong Kong mm-hmm. via the ocean to Singapore. Ooh. Which is the next checkpoint on their journey I quite like Of the, the amazing race Yeah, there's like an arrow that goes from Japan to Hong Kong And then just a big cross yeah. It's like, nope, none of that <laughs> So now there's a new arrow uh, Joseph has changed clothes again Apparently he does it a bit more than I remembered Although I will stand by the fact that it's weird that no one else does <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah He's wearing a uh, A sailor's uniform Or bathers, maybe it's like one of those red and white striped... Look, um, I'm totally going with sailor's sequence. uniform. I guess the sailors, are, the sailors that we see are wearing a blue and white version of what yeah. he's wearing. He's like the old school sailor because he's old. Sure. And he's like, if you're on a boat, you need to wear the sailor's outfit. But his outfit does remind me of those old timey bathing suits as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And he's like, kids, why are you still wearing your school uniforms? We're not in Japan and you're not going to school. <laughs> and they're both just laying on sun chairs being like... Students need to wear school uniforms I don't understand this at all Like I get why Kakuen is like Oh yeah Students have to be students And they need to respect their institutions But Jotaro is just a dude Who's like I don't need to go to school But today. I mean His uniform's heavily customised anyway is, It does have a full chain Yeah So So yeah, yeah They're just sunbathing uh, And it's like Oh we might be hot in our uniforms But we need to wear them And Avdol says Ah so this is Bushido <laughs> Okay, what is Bushido? Um, gosh, I, can't, I used to know this. <gasps> but basically, man. it's, you know, the sort of way of... The warrior? Maybe. Um, but it's, it refers to, like, it's an underpending idea in Japanese society. It's most commonly in pop culture, It's associated with the samurai. <laughs> and the idea that, like, there's a specific way to do things, and if you achieve mastery of your mind, then you can... Mastery of your mind? You can, you know, do cool things. Uh, ooh, you're close. I will say that uh, Bushido, the way or the moral of the warrior, is a Japanese term for the samurai way of life loosely analogous to the concept of chivalry in Europe. The way itself is blah, blah blah blah, yeah, a lot of words. Uh, seems to be chivalry basically. Yeah. It's like, you know, in <laughs> kind of reductive depictions of samurai and stuff, they're always obsessed with, like, regaining my honour. Yeah, there was a thing... At like the Hanzo very bottom. in yeah, Overwatch. Yeah, there was a thing at the very bottom that said, regarding to the etiquette of self-immolation. So, Bushido. All right. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, yeah, funnily enough, Abdul is like, uh, if you master your mind, even the strongest heat doesn't won't faze you. And then is like, you guys aren't going to get any babes if you stay dressed like that. <laughs> Oh Polnareff! He's already he already fits right in. I know. He's just the perfect guy. <laughs> so after not sacrificing aesthetic, they yeah. there's a bit of a, hus- a, a a hubbub because one of the crewmen has found a kid snuck below decks. Little shit. Yeah, it's a little. Well, um, everyone thinks it's a boy. Uh, I did not. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, I was. I think. I guess having it voice acted makes it easier to figure out. Yeah. That also, she's the, speaking with a girl's voice. Also, the fact that. Uh, She had a girl's face with freckles, made it a little bit more obvious. Fair, fair. Yeah. Wearing sort of a pink shirt and blue overalls, which is a very sort of 80s look. It is, yeah. And one of those uh, flat caps to disguise her voluminous hair, as we find out. Ah. Whose hair was also voluminous, that was hidden by some form of head garment. Cars. (gasps) Could it be his... Son, daughter? Nope. Cause he's dead and in space. Well, he's not dead, that's the whole point. Oh, he's yeah. just trapped in space forever. Yeah. Well he's that'll teach you for wanting to be immortal, Cars. <laughs> the moral of the story is know your place. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Joseph's like, hey, I thought we agreed no passengers, because we don't want anyone to attack us or be collateral damage. And it's like, whoops, sorry, Mr. Joe Star. They were hiding below but below deck. It's like, oh, below deck, eh? So the kid is being really feisty. She's struggling and she threatens to kick this guy's balls in. I'm not even just trying to imagine that it's a he at this point. <laughs> no, just wants to go see her dad in Singapore, apparently. Ooh. And then she's like, can you just take me to Singapore? Like, then I'll get off and leave you alone. Ooh. And then the sailor, he starts pulling on her face. Yeah, I don't get this bit so at all. He grabs her ear and her cheek and just starts yanking. It's like, hmm, should I let you go? I don't know. it's, like, not even, like, subtly, just like, should I let you get, like, a little, like, like, tug. It's, like, full on. It's like the um, title screen of Super Mario 64 when you can talk Mario's face and stuff. It's, like, full stretch... Should I let you go? Ooh. And then flicks her on the nose like, Nope, we're going to turn you into the naval police. And she's like, Oh no, I better bite you than jump into the ocean. And it works. <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> Everyone's like, I guess she's, a, I guess he's a strong swimmer or he wouldn't have jumped in. <laughs> Alas, there's a shark in the water. Yeah. Dun-na, 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 dun-na. Punched in the face. <laughs> Well, because previously, Jotaro had been like, just let him go. You know, he's clearly a strong swimmer. Who cares? He wouldn't want him here anyway. And then the sacrifice aesthetic. This shark fin is is approaching the kid as they're swimming. It's like (laughs) this dark shadow in the water. And we get a close-up on her face as she screams. And then suddenly we cut to... Star Platinum emerging from the water beneath the shark, just punching it into the sky. And then we cut to the kid's perspective, where, of course, stands are invisible as just waves of force batter this shark around in the air. Uh, needless to say, she's a little surprised. Yeah. Turns out JoJo's in the water with her to save her from a shark. And he's all like, I'm not smiling. Just, just come with me, you <laughs> dumb little shit. It's amazing. He grabs her by the chest and goes to pull her in and is like, huh. And then he just starts unusual. Like patting her down. And huh. like, hmm. Turns out it's a girl. Better keep patting her chest. <laughs> he whips off her cap revealing a huge amount of hair. She's like, oh, how did you know? Brief aside about this character. Uh-huh. Yeah. Character never named in the manga. Oh. Uh, colloquially known as the Runaway Girl. Uh-huh. Uh, in the credits of this episode... And I think they've inserted a naming point feature in the anime. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's known as Anne. So we're going to go with Anne Anne because just referring to her without a name is going to get complicated. Referring to her as the nameless character who was a boy but is now a girl. Yeah. Bit hard on the ears. (laughs) (laughs) So Anne is there. They're swimming back towards the ship. Uh, The shark's corpse? Uh, uh, Stunned body? Uh, I want to say corpse (laughs) because he got pretty beat down. (laughs) Like it wasn't a small like, ah, it's safe now. It was like a... Bam, bam, bam. Now you're in the air. Yeah. Keep bamming. And then bam, like maybe a mile away. Not a mile. Okay, maybe like 100 metres. Yeah. 100 um, metres away. Jojo and Ann thought it was safe to go back in the water. It was not safe no. to go back in the water. Because the shark corpse explodes into blood. And we see ominous blue fins. Ooh. Sort of chumming around in its remains. <laughs> Just being, you know, a little chill about it. Yeah. So at this point, Jotaro's, like swimming with Anne. Yep. And we see like four eyes emerge from the dead corpse of the like glowing shot. eyes. Yeah. It's got a touch of the uh, the big daddy from Bioshock about it in its silhouette. It does, yeah. And then Joseph and the others are like, Oh, there's a thing there. There's something in the water. You you better swim faster, Jotaro. Dun it. Dun it. And then it kind of Hierophant really Green fast. shoots his hands down and pulls them out of the water. Just as they're reaching the life ring that they were going to get pulled back in by, and that life ring is torn to shreds as they are pulled away from it. Good timing! And cracker. as we know, those life rings are hard enough to crack a man's head into, so it must be a pretty pretty strong stat. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> you forgot about that, didn't I you? I <laughs> did forget about that. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Good times. So they get safely back on board. This is... We've danced around the issue long enough. If we were to compare this to a horror movie, it would be Jaws or that sort of thing. Would it? <laughs> they're going to need a bigger boat. Well, I mean, they won't... Well, they will soon. <laughs> so, uh, I think at this point, the stand just sort of disappears. Yeah. Failed its first attack, receding into the ocean. And then all five of them were like, what the fuck was that? An enemy stand? What if it was just a regular sea monster? <laughs> just, you know, like a dude in a scuba suit. <laughs> they were like, oh... Maybe there's a perfectly rational explanation They for pull us. off its rubber mask. It was old man McGillicuddy, the man who rented us this boat. And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for that meddling Dio man. Avdol's <laughs> like, I've never heard of an aquatic stand before. To be fair, neither have we. No. <laughs> but Avdol's heard of most stands. We got the impression he knew about ah, Brave Fly. True, true. Knew about... Dio. Tower Fly, Dio. Uh, mm. Probably a few more. I don't know how many more there are, but a few more. <laughs> this girl doesn't fit in. Could she be the stand user? Could she have jumped in to try to lure us into the water? And then she pulls a knife? Yeah, like a sort of gnarly looking switchblade. It's like, ha, you want to fight? Come on, one on one. One v one me, scrubs. (laughs) Oh, is this where she talks about how many kills she's got with the knife? Or does that come later? (laughs) Well, first they're like, Abdul's like, oh, I know a subtle way to see if she's a stand user. And he goes, hey, how's Dio doing? (laughs) The hell is a Dio? That's just not a subtle way to interrogate someone at all. I mean, no, but at the same time, it's kind of genius, isn't it? Yeah. Who would think that Dio would be a real thing? <laughs> so she's like, yeah, you want to talk or do you want to get stabbed? And she starts talking about how her demon blade is lusting for the blood of its 340th victim. Oddly specific for someone who's never killed someone before. Kakuyin just starts laughing at her. It's like, what? What are you laughing at, you prick? Yeah. Then the captain shows up. The captain. Oh, the like, yeah, I don't think it's her because this is ridiculous. Yeah. Then like... the captain shows up. And the captain basically just like takes her from behind. Well, he gets a great intro shot though, where he sort of looms behind her and he's backlit by the sun oh, and the camera weird. pans up and we see his ridiculous like yellow beard and his captain's hat. A beard? Dude, that's so a Like spirit patch. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> and he has one of those um, sailor uh, bandanas tied around his neck. Oh, it's so good. He's just got such a aesthetic going on. <laughs> He is the sailor, but it's a sailor that really should have been a model or, I don't even know, just like a worker of some kind, you know? So he's standing there illustriously in the wind. A crew member grabs her, or he grabs her and gives her to a crew member or something. In the background, Jojo lights a cigarette and his face is immediately obscured in darkness. (laughs) Because you can't show an underage kid smoking. Japan! (laughs) don't understand your classifications, (laughs) which don't exist. They talk about how Joseph and the captain verified the identities of all 10 crew members. So Mm -hmm. who could the stand user be? What's going on? It's definitely not the captain. No, it couldn't be. It's not going to be this guy. He came recommended by the steep. beat. Oh yeah, because what happened was when Jojo lit that cigarette, Mm. he was smoking it. And then the captain walks up to him and grabs it from his mouth, immediately banishing the darkness. And is like, you can't smoke in the ocean. That's terrible. You're on my ship as a guest. You have to respect my rules. What, were you going to just throw the ashes and the butt into the ocean? He puts out the cigarette on Jotaro's hat. And we flash like Jotaro's angry eyes. And then, this is a quick thing I noticed on this last watch. Mm. He puts the butt and the ashes in Jotaro's yeah. pocket. Like... What a dick move. <laughs> and then Jotaro basically goes, hey, buddy, you dickwad. Yeah. If you're going to tell me to put it out, just tell me to put it out. Don't be a condescending prick about it. To which he was... called. I mean, yeah, he is being pretty patronising. Yeah. But at the same time, where was he going to put the cigarette? I mean, presumably they have a trash bin on the ship. Ooh, I don't know. The 80s were not a well-known period for their conservatism. Mm, Maybe. You know, their environmentalism did not go uh, well-rewarded. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone's like, Jojo, don't be rude to the captain. And Jojo's like... I figured it out. He's not the captain. (gasps) What? What? This flamboyant man who looks absolutely nothing like a real captain would. Or rather looks too much exactly like the idea of a captain. (laughs) Intriguing. (laughs) Oh, do we want to talk about Small Eyes, McGee? Small Eyes McGee. The guy who was behind the captain. Oh yeah, so there's this shot where the captain is talking. And just, I, I later realised that this guy in the background is holding the girl, and that's mm. why he's there. But the captain is just standing there talking, and then he moves his head, revealing the crew member behind him, which is this really weird, concentrated face, just in the background, not moving. He's got like an egg head, yeah. and then tiny eyes, tiny nose, tiny mouth. I like to call him Small Eyes McGee. Yeah, that's canon now. It's canonical. It's as canon as Anne is. <laughs> it is though, isn't it? <laughs> The captain is like, stand? What's a stand? What's going on? I don't know what a stand is. My name isn't Homer. (laughs) And everyone admonishes Jojo for just throwing wild accusations. But they don't realise that Jojo says that he's figured out a way to differentiate stand users from normies. Really? Turns out if a stand user inhales even a little bit of cigarette smoke, a big vein pops on their... On their nose And then we get A sick shot It's like one of those uh, The screen is cut up Into six distinct Six or seven distinct portions As No it must be six Yeah, yeah. Six distinct portions As all the crusaders Are And the captain Put their hands To their nose And Anne on the right Is just like Huh? What the hell? <laughs> and the beauty is It's all slightly diagonalized. Yeah yeah Oh it's such a good Fucking shot And they all do it At exactly the same time hmm. Except for Anne And everyone's like Jojo how did you know that? And he's like Yeah that was a lie <laughs> But I figured out who it was because he checked his nose. Yeah, the captain just goes. His exact phrase is, "But it looks like we've found the idiot." <laughs> <laughs> the captain, still holding his nose, is like, oh, 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 oh. "Well, this is really weird." The captain starts chuckling, hmm. and he removes his hat and menacing starts panning across the screen, all the katakana, yeah, all purple, and then like his pupils shrink and his eyes go back into his head. And, there's and like then a it just weird... cuts away and no one acknowledges that. There's like a weird build up in the like music in the background or the sound in the background. And then it just stops. Yeah. And they just keep talking about how they knew who he was. And turns out Jojo didn't know. He just planned to try that with everyone. And guess what? It works. Credit where it's due. I mean. So now that we know that yeah. this guy's an imposter, let's talk about him. Well, he still looks very flamboyant. Well, this is the man known only as the imposter Captain Tennille. Uh, renamed to Captain Dragon for localization purposes. Okay. Are you familiar with The Captain and Tennille? Or Captain and Tennille? No. It sounds very familiar. They're a 70s husband and wife duo uh, who were like singer-songwriters. Oh. Um, I am not familiar with their music. I mostly know them, A, for, um, as a punchline, uh, notably in Arrested Development. Mm. Uh, and B, for uh, the captain's terrible views on copyright. Uh, okay. Get to that in a moment. Okay. So their hits include songs like Love Will Keep Us Together and Muskrat Love. Muskrat! Hey! Alright. They met, apparently, when Tony Tennille co-wrote an ecology-themed musical uh, entitled Mother Earth. And at the same time, the captain, a.k.a. Daryl Dragon. Oh. (laughs) That... Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a name. That is a fucking name. Because the captain is his stage name. No yeah. go, I guess Daryl Dragon is his real name. So, that's oh my god. So yeah, they changed him to from Captain Tennille to Captain Dragon for localization, which is a pretty good name change. I I mean it doesn't help make him sound any less like not a villain. No. Because he sounds like hella villainous already. It's but a- the real Captain Dragon was apparently a decent guy, but he's dead now. Oh. Uh, oh no. <laughs> But Daryl Dragon just kind of sounds like an 80s buff, like Schwarzenegger in Commando. Daryl Dragon, Yeah. Scottish Arnie. (laughs) Great impression. Thank you. Uh, So Daryl Dragon was a keyboardist for the Beach Boys, and in between tours, he auditioned to be a keyboardist for this show, and that's how they met. Right. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. Let's talk about his terrible views on copyright. Go on. It's been a couple of years since I did my arts law class, but I remember um, being told about how, you know how... Things fall into public domain after a certain amount of time past their yeah, creation is, or creator's death, depending on the legal yeah, system. Which is why Disney keeps renewing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, you know, public domain is a good thing. That's why we have characters like Dracula and Sherlock Holmes yeah. who have been reinterpreted so many times and have told yeah. interesting stories with. But now everything's well, changing. Daryl Dragon, in particular, campaign has campaigned for the time limit on copyright to be infinite in perpetuity yeah as it were so you or your estate will forever be receiving forever hold the rights to things you create (sighs) okay yep and from an outside perspective i can see how that might seem reasonable Hmm. but then you're essentially just creating uh, infinite control over something that will we'll we'll, we'll persist long after you're gone. Yeah, yeah. In the year, like, 30,000. And so people who have not actually ever had anything to do with the property will have creative control over it? Mm. Like, um... Oh, who's the douchebag who currently has control? It's either over The Lord of the Rings... Or like the wheel of time. I think I'm not sure. There's like, well, I mean, the the Tolkien st- estate have historically been kind of controlling of the IP. Yeah. but they have done some cool things with it. Yeah, the problem is that like apparently someone I th- it was either like a little while ago or someone who has it now was so controlling they were like, no, you can't have anything, Not none of it, Just okay, never. And I think it might have been Tolkien's granddaughter. Maybe? I'm not sure. I can't remember. Anyway. Anyway, that was our brief version about uh, copyright law and what we think about it. So, from a totally unbiased point of view, the captain is a bad dude. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm speaking as someone who would love to be able to create... Stuff. Create property, uh, intellectual property for a living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, at the same time, you understand the public domain is a good thing. Yeah, it's for the benefit of the wider creative community. <laughs> yeah, because if it wasn't, then we wouldn't have anything anymore we would just have to pay for shakespeare essentially i mean you couldn't just like you know pay for the book you have to pay for Shakespeare. anyway um Ugh. the captain's eyes rolled back into his head they figured out it was him he's he talks about how he killed the real captain back in hong kong he says uh he's sleeping with the fishes back <laughs> in hong kong and uh then jojo's like well you're gonna sleep at the bottom of hell what? sick burn jojo let's discuss this The bottom of hell. Could it be a reference to Dante's Inferno? Could he have suddenly changed his ways from bad boy to... Well, as we know, the deepest circle of hell is reserved for betrayers and mutineers. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And he is quite the betrayer. Mm-hmm. Regardless, uh, a fishy hand grabs the girl and seizes her and leaps up onto the side of the, um... But she was an innocent the bystander. bystander! And we see that everything freezes and a tarot card flashes across the screen and we learn that this is Trouble on the water, lies and betrayal, the moon card, which suggests fear of the unknown. Its name? Dark blue moon. This is so fitting. A fear of the unknown and the ocean. Yeah. Oh. oh. Do you want to talk about the moon? Yes. Okay, well the moon is this thing that's in the sky. <laughs> Wait, when? And uh, three days from now, uh-huh. it will crash into the earth and kill us all. Is there some kind of series of tasks that I could do in order to prevent this? Okay, yeah. What you need to do, yeah. uh, there are these four temples uh, in the cardinal directions from my house. Gotcha. So yep. if you could just go there and fight a boss, okay. then I'll stay here. All right. I'm going to go to the sand dude first. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the moon. The moon is the 18th uh, card of the Major Arcana. Mm -hmm. Uh, It signifies feeling fear, believing illusions or deceit, and stimulating the imagination or feeling lost or bewildered. Some of that is a pretty sort of uh, straightforward thing. uh, Association with the the imposter captain lying about his identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fair, yeah. Uh, The moon is opposed by the star, signifying serenity, uh, being untroubled or at peace, and the sun... Well, which gives assurance, clarity, or enlightenment. And it's reinforced only by minor arcana cards, and I don't really care about researching those. Ugh. Like the Seven of Cups. Minor Arcana. <laughs> <laughs> so none of our team is a counter or um, you know, buff. No one's it. super effective against it. Gotcha. Oh, except for the star, okay. of course. <laughs> yeah, but the Joe stars aren't stars. The star They're Platinum. Stars. Oh yeah, true, Star Platinum. <laughs> he does get beaten by Star Platinum. <laughs> yes, Nick. In readings, this card often stands for fears and anxieties, the ones that come in the darkest part of the night. Card 18 also stands for illusions. It's easy to lose our way in the moonlight. Be careful not to let deceptions and false ideas lead you astray. Sometimes the moon is a signal that you are lost and wandering aimlessly. You must find your way back to the path and your clarity of purpose. That's very fitting for what's about to happen. So this stand, it's a big, big fish guy... It's got four eyes on its head. Uh, It's got fins on its arms. It moves really well through the water. Looks kind of I don't know. How would you describe it for someone who hasn't seen it? Um, It looks like a 1920s movie monster, sort of creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah, it's come out of like the ocean. It's covered in seaweed, Mm. that kind of thing. Except the covered in seaweed is just. It's got big claw hands. It's got big claw hands. It's got like fins on the back that are all like torn and tattered. Yeah, does it look a bit like a? What are the things in World of Warcraft called? Um, Oh, Murlocs! Yeah. Yeah. A bit like that. A bit like a Murloc, yeah. A lot like a Murloc. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the Jojo Velo note for for Mm -hmm. this stand. Mm -hmm. I just had the simple idea that it would be easy to have a fight against a fish man in the water. I imagine stands to be a combination of the inorganic with life energy. So a lot of them appear to be a fusion of living creatures with machines. Okay, so not exactly a huge amount to delve into. (laughs) I wanted them to fight a fish man in the water. In the water. Um, As we mentioned before, I guess this is also kind of an allusion, or Pat, we've never figured out if this is intentional or not, but we're going to say it is. Uh, Allusion to Creature of the Black Lagoon as well. Yep. Yeah. And Jaws. I mean, at that point... Things do, like that. Do you reckon, uh, in Japan, they would know about things like Creature of the Black Lagoon? Oh, uh, yeah, in, I dare say. In the mainstream? I reckon so. Okay, alright. The captain's pretty confident. He's like, if I try to take you all in at once, I might even break a bone or two. So I, I was just planning to hide my identity and take you out one by one. And it almost goes according <laughs> to plan, but, but only didn't. he didn't touch his nose. Oh, the Idiot! But he's like, I've got the girl now, so fuck you guys. And he jumps into the water and he's like, if you don't follow us, she'll die. But I'm really cool in the water, so your guys are going to die. And then we get a shot of Star Platinum doing what he does best. Shooting out of Jotaro and punching Dark Blue Moon in the face a lot and catching the girl before they hit the water. And voila, the girl is saved. Then they fall in the water. And Jotaro is all like, Ow. Something bad is happening. Yep. Can't pull the girl up. Something's going wrong. And Joseph's like, come on, Jotaro. You're a strong young man. Just well, Actually, no. We we're skipping ahead because something really stupid happens. Does it? Because he punched this guy a lot. And yep. the guy landed in the water ages away. And everyone's like, oh, we won. And um, the guy's like, oh, he attacked faster than we could fall. That was terrible. And Jojo, Abdol, and Polnareff are standing in a line on the deck. The captain had previously threatened that they were all going to drown on seawater. Yep. And Jojo's like, you're the only one that's going to drown on seawater. Thumbs down. Avdol, say something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, Avdol, say something. Yeah, Avdol says, you tried to outpredict me, a fortune teller. And then Polnareff says, but it's ten years too early for you. Which is the same thing Avdol said to him last week. Hey. Hey. I just love Jojo being like, I'm going to make a quip. Avdol, now you make a quip. Polnareff, alley And then the Stardust Crusaders all made a quip. They all high five at once. (laughs) Good work, guys. So yes, then um, the captain's floating away and Jojo's having trouble lifting up the... um, The girl. Yeah, because his Stan's arms are covered in acorn barnacles. Ooh, but how did this happen? Somehow. (laughs) (laughs) It happened when he punched the dark blue moon. He put them on his arms and they're propagating by feeding off Star Platinum's strength. What? Magic basically i mean yeah that's pretty much what this is he can't really understand uh quote which is why i'm sweating way more than i want to <laughs> could also have something to do with the fact that he's wearing a full coat yep. in the sun uh, engaging in some physical activity with a hat you know mm-hmm. just any of that jojo jumps in uh hierophant green comes out and catches the girl that jojo throws to yep him and they're underwater and dark blue moon is there and what's his face He's just there. Jojo tries to punch them, but a huge jet of water smashes them down into a reef. Turns out, things that are made for underwater combat, really, really good underwater in combat. And also the captain can speak down there. I love the fact he can do this. Because later, Jojo also starts moving his mouth and speaking. But yeah. initially, he the doesn't. captain is like, oh, we can talk through our stands underwater, so talk through your stand. And mm. we see Star Platinum's mouth moving and voice coming out. Yeah. But the captain is just talking through his own mouth. It's amazing. Yeah. Hey guys, I can talk underwater. I mean, he's a really good captain, you know? <laughs> so he's like, yeah, we can still communicate down here. Uh, why don't you try and st- sound all cocky like before? So Jojo tries to sound all cocky like before. He's all like, I'll take you down, So yeah. Do you want me to make you into fish cake, sashimi? What's it going to be? And then the dude's like, how dare you? I'm not going to be sashimi. You're trying to sound tough, boy, but this is what you're thinking. How long can he stay underwater? I can probably last about two minutes, but can he last longer than me? Let me answer you. I have three times the lung capacity of a normal person. And then Jodo's eyes are like, <gasps> and I've trained them. My best time is six minutes and 21 seconds. That's still, it's semi-impressive. You ever play uh, Monkey Island? Yes. Uh, Guybrush Threepwood's special talent is that he can hold his breath for like 10 minutes. When he's, like, underwater with, like, the yeah, cannonball. Yeah, there's a puzzle where you get... He's like, huh, good thing I trained. Apparently, if you wait ten minutes, he does just die. Oh, shit. Okay. That's not great. Do you remember the solution to that puzzle? Um, no. You're underwater, you've got, like, a rock manacled to your leg. Yeah. And there, there are various useful-looking things in Reach, but none of them quite work. Yeah. So the trick is to just pick up the rock and put it in your That's inventory. That's right. And just walk away. Oh, so good. Yeah. Because you're underwater, so you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> So they try to fight uh, Dark Blue Moon's fins, uh, underwater cutters, and they cut up the ship's propeller really good. I mm-hmm. guess that ship isn't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, later on, it definitely isn't going <laughs> yeah. anywhere, but we'll get to that. Uh, and the barnacles are still spreading up Star Platinum's body and draining its power. Uh, yeah, and then I think at this point he tries to start, like, swimming up. Yeah, but it turns out Dark Blue Moon has cr- been creating a huge maelstrom the whole time. Now, I don't know about you... I didn't think it had been moving the whole time. No, no. But it's like moving its arms back and forth and creating currents. Yeah, And now there's a huge tu- uh, whirlpool and that he's, Jojo's stuck in. And he's dead at the centre of it. <laughs> yeah. And Jojo's just being thrown around by it. Everyone at the top is like, oh no, a huge whirlpool. Where's Jojo? And they all shoot their stands out and Hierophant Green tries to jump on in. But as soon as he sticks his hand in, it gets cut up real bad. Because turns out the whirlpool is full of razor sharp scales. Oh! <gasps> Because he's an aquatic creature. That makes sense, I guess. Aquatic creatures have scales. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like the scales are pretty firmly tipped in Dark Blue Moon's favour at this point. No, but they're like reptile scales. Oh. Yeah. See, that's where you've (laughs) gone wrong. They're the scales of justice. Oh, I thought it was full of like cooking scales. No, 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 no. can put his hand in and they hit him and like broke his hand? (laughs) It's like, oh my God, gravity. It just works in his (laughs) favour. So, yeah, we get a shot of the scales, like, cutting up Jojo and Star Platinum a bit. It's, it's pretty bad. Uh, pretty bad? The captain's like, I know what you're thinking. Only one spot in the whirlpool stays still, uh, stays still so you should come here and try to attack me. But that's not going to work because I'm too cool. And they all see that Jojo's gone limp and he just seems to be not struggling against the current at all. But he's given up. And Joseph's like, hang on, if he's not struggling, that could be a good idea. Because Joseph, of all people, probably knows he, good ideas. He knows about tricking. He knows about logical trickery. So seeing that apparently all of Jojo's strength has been sapped by these barnacles, Mm -hmm. Dark Blue Moon moves in for the kill. But there was one thing he didn't reckon with. Fingers. He didn't reckon with the fact that all of a sudden Star Platinum has the ability to shoot its fingers out, extending them like, I don't know. 30 meters. Like a sword. Yeah, basically. Like a a rapier, if you will. Right into the Stan's face. Goes into one of its eyes and like through its head. And then slices it out. Starfinger. Starfinger's so dumb. Starfinger is like... It is the KFC of fried chicken. That doesn't mean anything. It means that it's a shitty superpower. No, but what I'm saying is it's like Polnareff taking off its armor. Or everything Kakuin did in his introductory (laughs) episode in that at a certain point it just kind of goes away. Yeah. And the reason I find this one so especially egregious Mm. is because as you can probably imagine... Jojo gets in a lot of fights where being able to hit someone from like five meters away would really help him out. But he with just a doesn't powerful do powerful and precision strike. He does it a couple more times, but yeah. then it just stops. Yeah, look, I can understand why. It's pretty dumb. <laughs> it's just one of those teething problems with stands. Like, yeah. what does does Star Platinum have a special ability, or is he just fast and tough? He's just there, like I can do some stuff with my fingers, mm-hmm. but if I combine that with my ultra precise accuracy, maybe that's not so good. I do love just how. The reason the captain loses is because he failed to predict that Jojo had a power that up until this point he just didn't have. <laughs> That's great. Some deus ex machina. No, it's not a not deus really... ex It's just a cop out. Yeah, it's just like, oh, but there's this thing that you've never seen before that I've never seen before that I'm using now. Literal finger guns. <laughs> oh no, it is literal finger guns. Uh, Yep, so the Dark Blue Moon's head gets pierced and... So, similarly, Captain, imposter Captain, has massive brain trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Like, immediately has an aneurysm. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And he's like, oh, I knew it. You were thinking that if you went limp and concentrated in your powers, you could lure me into a false sense of superiority and kill me. That's what you were thinking. And Jojo is like, no. Speaking with his mouth now. No. What I was thinking was, if you pissed yourself when you lost, it'd be gross since we are in the water. Old man. Oh, because the captain's been calling him boy a lot to this point. Yeah. And then the old man sinks to the bottom just, of the Mariana Trench. Yep, yeah, just falls into the abyss. <laughs> I actually really like that shot. Where he's like slowly falling in and then fades and away. Like his arms, arms are his... stretched out. Yeah. And just into the, the crushing depths. as a Davy w- Jones locker. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he'll have to hold his breath a little longer than six <laughs> minutes and 21 seconds. Jojo starts swimming towards the surface... And Joseph is like, okay, I'm going to throw you alive." Oh, no, wait, the ship's exploding. <laughs> oh, no, the captain really did put bombs on after all. Whoops. <laughs> yep, don't know why he destroyed the propeller. <laughs> because he was just going to blow up the ship. Oh, well, it looks like we have up to signal for other ships. Don't know why he was going to pick him off one by one when he could have just blown up the ship. Hey, man, it's about aesthetic, okay? <laughs> it's funny because we just see shots of, like, massive explosions occurring on the ship and just a subtitle voiceover being, like... Calmly. Everyone get in the lifeboats. Yeah, just calmly. All right, guys. Proceed in a calm and orderly fashion to the nearest emergency exit. Calm people live, tense people die. <laughs> uh, we see the night sky and at this point we get our stand title card for... Stand name: fake Captain Tenille slash Dragon. Stand Master, Dark Blue Moon. Got those the wrong way around again. Ayy. Hey. <laughs> uh, so, as I noticed between Star Platinum and the Dark Blue Moon, Star Platinum has A, 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 B, A all the way around, right? Dark Blue Moon is like C, 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 B, C, C. Yeah. And you're like, okay, he was never going to win, was he? Well, the, As I said before, I don't really want to get bogged down in stats, but this is a good example of how with Stand Battles... You can lure someone into, like, a really situational Mm. situation in which, despite perhaps in a direct fight, they could just cream you. Yep. The enemy creates the exact circumstances in which they are a legitimate threat. Yeah. In this case, it's a bit more general in that it's being underwater. But... Yeah. It's just like, yeah, if we're underwater, I win. Later on, you get some really specific ones that are really neat. Oh, okay. I guess this is probably just the earliest example of things like that. Hmm. Except... It's a bit large in that underwater. Yeah. Underwater versus if I'm behind glass in a hall of mirrors. Basically, yeah. Oh, mm, yeah, cool. They're all drifting away in their lifeboats. Everyone looks really unhappy. Abdul makes... is hella not pleased. No. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph kindly offers the girl some of their water. And she's like, I don't know what's going on, but who are you people? <laughs> she starts drinking the water and then spits it out. Well, while she's drinking, Joseph talks about how we're on a journey for my daughter. Kind of like how you're on a journey to meet your father. Oh, we're kindred spirits. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're the sixth star. And then she does a hilarious spit take. <gasps> what the hell is that? He's and like, she starts stuttering. And Joseph is like, That's our water. Don't be. How t- dare away. you? Don't be pissing away our water. Throws her back into the ocean. <laughs> from whence you came? <laughs> because a huge freighter has emerged from the mist therein. <gasps> a giant freighter. To be continued. Oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> Brings us to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Highlights, lowlights. Okay, low lights. Probably just the boat blowing up. <laughs> I can say that without a doubt. Yeah, just too sudden for you. Because that basically means that the fight before is a non fight. I guess so it just kind of retroactively remove the stakes. Yeah, where you kind of go, it's sort of like someone saying, ah, yes, I'm going to fight you hand to hand. Dude wins, and then he's like, ah, yes, but you forgot. I already killed the person that we were fighting over. <laughs> it's like, so wh- what was the point of the fight? I don't know. And then he does. Then he falls to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, then he falls to the bottom of the ocean. And you're like, well, what was the point of the fight if he already lost? You know? For my my low light, I will say Starfinger for the reasons I already went over. Yeah. Though I do think the image of it just happening all of a sudden is quite funny. It's so dumb. Highlight? Um Highlight. I have one if you you've got your mind going. Yeah. Uh the shark punch. <laughs> Just the beautiful BAM shark. Yeah, the Stardust Crusaders music kicks in as Jojo just starts punching the shit out of this shark in the sky. It's so ridiculous. Um, That's one of those panels where in the manga, Star Platinum just looks like he's having a great time. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, for a highlight, the new girl being introduced. In a very obvious manner as to be a girl. Yeah. But... Then when it's like, oh, she's a girl, and then she's like, go on, come at me, Kakuin's just like, what ah. a loser. <laughs> yeah, like you, you, you haven't killed anyone. The have you? um, like that- young girl posing as a boy on a ship is a pretty common storytelling it device, is. and I think yeah. if they wanted to introduce this character, this was a fun sort of evocative way to do it. Mm. Also, just Kakuin being like, fucking. <laughs> of course, you're not gonna fucking murder me with that shit. <laughs> we got psychic powers, man. <laughs> I just love that, like, also another highlight is Joseph's uniform. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. What? mm. You know, for an old man, he's still got arms. I can only imagine that his uniform must stabilise once they get to Singapore then. Hang on a minute, wait. Because, like, I always thought it was pretty constant, but I'm noticing now that I'm paying attention, a lot more outfit changes for him than I... It probably goes from uh, interim outfit to, okay, now I get to wear my coat. Because you've seen the OP, he's not wearing a coat, he's wearing a sort of a t-shirt and a hat. A t-shirt and a hat? Mm. Oh. I thought it was like his brown... Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no. All uh, right. Uh, that brings us to our prediction segment in which I, Liam S. Smith, want to ask you, Nick Ballantyne, what do you think is going to happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Dardust Crusaders? No. <laughs> uh, the title of the episode yep. is Strength. What? Strength. Shit. Okay. Uh, well, that doesn't bode well, does it? <laughs> okay, so... Ooh, strength. Now, they're in the middle of the ocean. They're in the middle of the ocean. This oh, huge freighter. freighter ship has just rocked up. They might get on board. You'd think so. Just maybe. Okay, so they're going to get on board the freighter ship. Oh, I don't think it, there's going to be, like, a stand user on the freighter ship. Because it would be the same sort of thing or It'd be like, exactly the same. Where it's like, oh, one of these crew members is pretending to be a crew member. Yep, yeah, so we'll probably get a nice bit of exposition... From uh, the girl, Anne, uh, whose name will stay unrevealed. (laughs) I reckon we're going to get a bit of Polnareff, because we haven't had a whole lot from him apart from his giant exposition. But it'll be him relating to Kakyoin about what he wants. About hot babes. Like Holly's mum. I mean, like Jojo's mum. If there was anyone that I would love, it would be her. (laughs) Tell me more of her. I'll draw her. Uh, no, like I one mean of my French girls. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more like Ponderif will explore why Kakuin is even joining them. Right. Yeah. As opposed to like Joseph or Abdul, because they'll just be off doing their own thing. Yeah. yeah. And Joe won't care. Do you think that because they were originally going to Singapore on mm-hmm. the the boat they had chartered? Yeah. But then now they're on a different boat. Do you think that will get them where they're wanting to go? Do you think yeah. it will divert them? I reckon it'll just be like, oh, we're going to Singapore. And then, oh, my God, we'll have more culture. Oh, my God, we'll have more culture. <laughs> They'll get to Singapore and be like, this is custom. Yeah. Uh, and the girl will meet her dad and the dad might be a stand user. Any <gasps> thoughts about what oh. uh, strength implies as a stand? Hmm. I was just thinking strength as in this young woman's strength to go through such adversity okay. alone all by herself. Yeah, that's not it. Okay. Uh, hmm, as a strength. Has a strength, stand, stand, strength. Does it have something to do with the stand? I'm I even well, allowed to know. Episode names from this point on, uh, unless I tell you otherwise, are uh, stand names. Oh, yeah, true. Strength. Maybe it's to do with Jotaro's and how he finds... Maybe it's like an exploration into his because he's very... You know, I just told you the opposite of that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay, maybe the guy... Maybe there's a stand user. Maybe. I mean, there will be a stand user eventually. Yeah, there's going to be a stand user. Maybe it's just a bodybuilder. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe like... It's just another Star Platinum type stand that's fast and tough. Yeah, and then it's like, jo- like Jotaro v this dude who is also strong and tough with his stand. Mm, that'd be cool. And then it's like a mirror fight. Yeah. <gasps> it's Dio. That's it. Done. Oh, oh, that was much quicker than we thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seven episodes. That. Oh, I see we're keeping what is the budget that like, down. Was it like a week? <laughs> No, no, they're like, they must be only like three days into their journey. Yeah, they're three days into their journey out of 50. Yeah, Like, man, they really hammered that home. (laughs) No, I reckon, yeah, maybe someone who's like a bodybuilder or something. Someone with a lot of physical strength. Yeah. I mean, (sighs) but if it's not emotional strength, it's probably going to be physical strength. Because I doubt it would be mental strength. That doesn't make any sense. Is it going to be men? It's more... Ooh, slight mental strength? I'm just thinking that Stan's manifestations of a user's mental strength. Oh yeah, but it's their fighting spirit. Same thing. So maybe this guy's fighting spirit is that he just lifts weights. <laughs> In the heat of battle, you must All right. rise, you know. That's pretty comprehensive. Yep. Uh, let's let's wrap the episode up. No listening correspondence? No, not this week. I have no time. Don't want to keep recording when the construction across the road starts up again. <laughs> True that. Uh, but we do do a correspondence segment when we're not running too long or when we aren't afraid of sudden terrible noise interrupting us. <laughs> so if you would want to correspond with us, you can reach us at uh, JoJo's podcast at gmail.com or the same on Twitter. Liam runs it, so I won't get any spoilers. Just putting it out there. And until next time, when we find out the meaning of strength... To, to be, be continued... continued. It's Mega Man Okay Hey everyone, Liam here Just popping by at the end of the episode to let you know that next week We won't be releasing a standard episode Due to some unforeseen circumstances Preventing us from meeting up and recording I'm rustling up some bonus content To uh, act as a stopgap in the feed The week after that we'll be back with fresh eyes For strength